Sufjan Stevens, aside from a name most people struggle pronouncing, is a prophet of sincerity. The Hope College graduate turned Grammy-nominated artist, not that the Grammys mean much these days, Stevens has released nine solo studio albums and a handful of collaborative ones over the course of his career. Stevens co-founded a record label called Asthmatic Kitty in 1999, which began as a label that featured local Michigan artists around Holland, but has since expanded to be the home of many artists. In 2015, Asthmatic Kitty released Stevens' magnum opus and critically acclaimed record, Carrie and Lowell. The album details Stevens' life experience growing up with his mother, Carrie, who was bipolar and schizophrenic. She was addicted to drugs and ended up abandoning him at only a year old. The album also explores the nuances of his relationship with Lowell, Stevens' stepfather and with whom Asthmatic Kitty was founded. Stevens also played a huge role in the 2017 Sony Pictures film, Call Me By Your Name soundtrack, which launched him into the public eye. Although Carrie and Lowell is what Stevens is most known for, his most recent album, A Beginner's Mind, is criminally underrated. A collaborative record with Angelo De Augustine, released in 2021, A Beginner's Mind is a clear display of the duo's beautiful ability to enter an ethereal realm of storytelling. The record was made in a month as the two stayed in a friend's cabin in Upper State New York, where they watched films. The album is inspired by specific movies that they watched, like Silence of the Lambs and The Wizard of Oz. Its title is from a Zen Buddhist term, Shoshin, which symbolizes openness and acceptance towards life. Today, we'll be listening to Back to Oz, the third track on A Beginner's Mind. I'm Alexandra Hall, and you're listening to I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. All my life was calling All my dreams were buried away You love me, but you don't know me In due time, you'll throw it away I'll be there to play my part Wanna keep us safe from harm But a love was in my heart Alright, welcome back to I've Got Ox. You just heard Back to Oz by Sufjan Stevens and Angelo de Augustine. Do we have any first initial thoughts, friends? That was so weird. <laughs> To be uh, fair, we did watch it with a very strange music video. Yeah, yeah. I really liked the song. Yeah. Like, I really liked it. And I liked the music video. I feel like it made sense. It was very creepy, mm-hmm. and it made me feel kind of weird. <laughs> but I, li- I like when people do animation music videos. Yeah, so that was, was kind of cool. cool. It was really creepy, and I, like, want to know what the message is in that, because it was like, I don't know. That was scary. But I really liked it. And I've only I only know him from, like, his basic basic stuff. Yeah. So that was kind of cool to hear oh. like something else of him because I have never purposely listened. So, yeah. yeah, that's fair. What about you, Gavin? I was a little bit, when I first listened to it, I had heard what you said about the artist and you said he's kind of weird. So I was expecting something like very <laughs> experimental and just kind of almost annoying to listen yeah. to. But it was very 70s in a way. Like, yeah. I, like especially the guitar solo sounded like something mm-hmm. out of uh, like Get Back by the Beatles or George Harrison, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I the the whispery kind of the vocals. Yeah, it was cool. I think I was never really into Sufjan Stevens. I watched Call Me by Your Name probably at a too young of an age, but I, I was obsessed enough for that movie. I, I was obsessed with that movie, and so I really liked the soundtrack. And then I'm pretty sure he performed at the Grammys because Mystery of Love got a Grammy nomination. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it was one of those like I'm gonna call it back to Elliot Smith where it's. 
obviously this person is talented, but on a wide mainstream scale, they were so out of place at the Grammys. Like yeah. it, the, it just comes across as like, this is an elevated piece of art at a weird commercialized, you know, screwed up kind of excuse for honoring yeah. art that the Grammys is. Um, but I think that's how people got very into them. But I think mm -hmm. a lot of people from Michigan know who he is because he's a Hope College grad and he was very involved in the local scene before he kind of blew up. So a lot of local universities and colleges um, have albums from or through Asthmatic Kitty. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I think people here seem to know him more than... Everywhere, everywhere else, else yeah. just because of the kind of the local thing but a lot of there's a lot of stereotypes about his music a lot of it has um a lot of homosexual undertones yeah. little smith <laughs> era which is funny because we go to a very conservative college and sometimes people will play his music and i'm like do y'all know what that means yeah. like do you know that that's not a metaphor for you know whatever you think it is <laughs> um but there's a lot of layers to him and i think he's definitely a hit or miss artist you either really really like him yeah. or you don't get it yeah it was interesting i was kind of doing some research and on the wiki page, you know, very uh, reliable source, <laughs> uh, it said that he was a Christian as well. And yeah. he had a Christian album. I think it was called Seven Swans. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting that he's not become a, a homosexual icon, but kind of he, he's associated <laughs> with that movie, which is very yes. um, in that culture. And so I want to know more about his his beliefs and like his what he kind of stands for. And I, I also saw that he doesn't like to talk about it his faith but he also he said what church he goes to as well so yeah. if you wanted to know you could just look but that's so interesting yeah he's got a very cool sense of i call him the prophet of sincerity because i think his music resonates in a way that a lot of surrounding artists don't like even if you don't turn on sufan stevens every day and you're a diehard fan and you own merch he's one of those that you always go to and there's I think he just writes a sense of elevated music that I don't find in other artists. Like mm. he just sometimes seems to be in another realm for better yeah. or for worse. Yeah. The man is in a different place. Especially after watching Especially, that video. Right. Boy. Yeah. I have not seen. I want to know like where that. that came from. Right. Like, do you ever, you watch stuff like that and you're like, I want to be inside this person's mind. Yeah. But also not. <laughs> but also I'm very afraid. Like, right. Yeah. It's so interesting. And for the, the listeners who didn't get the, uh, the pleasure of watching that video, basically it was just a, weird animation clips of a weird kind of storyline going on, but then a lot of different just weird it, animations. It was I don't know like how to describe it. It was just a Coraline dreamscape. Yeah. yeah. And this girl goes on a dream. And I think at the end she loses the stuffed animal she takes on this journey. Yeah. And I think there's like a very dark part of the journey and then there's a wholesome sweet part of the journey. Yeah. So I think at least a lot of the lyrics that resonate with me um, are about something bad happening and that trauma in some way, shape or form still affecting you. Like yeah. one of the- You're Like pulling you back in. Exactly. It's one of the lines that I just, I adore is I survived, but I'm still afraid. And the way he says it is just so like, made it through, but it's still something that kind of lives yeah. in me. And mm -hmm. it's affecting his future relationships because the song talks a lot about like, um, will you still love me even though I'm falling apart? Mm -hmm. And kind of that brokenness that comes with life and also the desire to be in human relationships with others. It's just such a deep and rich song. I remember the first time I heard it, I was floored. I was like, what? And then I heard this the rest of the awesome. album. And he has another song that says, I'd rather be devoured than loved or something. And he just has a lot of like really poignant lyrics that yeah. that stand out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's, it's very different. I think Gavin brought up the Swan album. It's very different than a lot of the other stuff that he's done. It's much more experimental, sort of. Yeah, that's just, interesting. Yeah. I, I like how you were saying... Uh, 
how you call him like the prophet of sincerity and i think the ability for an artist judging off what you were saying have that type of range where everything he makes is kind of different yeah i think that kind of shows that you know what he's making is not really to like please anybody right. kind of make him what he wants to i don't know if you know this i'm just wondering yeah like how was like obviously he got famous from call me by your name yeah how was this album was it popular? Like, how was it received? Like, did it... Yeah. Is he still that's, did he keep a lot of I'm fans mad. with him? Or? He has a huge cult-like fan base, which I think is for a lot of sort of... When I think about true artists, mm-hmm. which might sound super pretentious, but they have their own cult-like fan base, regardless of whether or not they're seen in the public mm-hmm. yeah. eye. I think... I don't know since Call Me By Your Name if he's had a big splash in the water so far as music being featured in movies. Um <clears throat> This album has not been talked about, and it really makes me mad. Pitchfork gave it like a fifty percent or something, which like oh dang, we're not. Oh, ta- I remember Pitch- you telling me. That. I was so mad because I just think their review missed the point, and like yeah. art does not have to be perfect. It doesn't have to reflect. It doesn't have to be politically correct. Like the point of art is very much yeah. to show you the flaws and the beauty of human nature, mm-hmm. and I. The reason Pitchfork rated it pretty poorly, one of the big reasons was because a lot of these songs were based on movies, like I said, and one of them was based on Silence of the Lamb and Buffalo Bill. And someone said because he wasn't a positive figure for the transgender movement. I'm like, no, the point of it was he was a serial killer. Not that he was trans. Like, that was not the point of the movie. So I felt like they just missed the mark on that. Yeah, it's like that he's now become an icon for, like, the homosexual like community they wanted to be exactly just right. that and yeah basically a poster boy yeah and that's not and that's just because you make one song that's not for the a point movie. of making music right. yeah right and, and i just uh that show, shows a shallow like understanding of his music because everything before that and everything after that doesn't need to be confined to that one moment exactly in the middle and it's just such an interesting concept for an album because you know there's always crossovers and illusions between different styles of art and media but to have this album that's so creative and so rich in like what it has to offer and nobody is talking about it. Yeah. This is something so I think sudden, of I every that. week. Yeah. I'm like, no, <laughs> friends, we need to talk about this because Carrie and Lowell is objectively like an incredible album. I understand why people love that album so much. And this is definitely more of like a creative, it's not as much personal experience as it is mm-hmm. storytelling, yeah. I think, which maybe is why it's not being as talked about. But this was released six or eight months ago, yeah. and there's been very little coverage about it. I literally, one person wrote a review for their college newspaper, and I found this man on Instagram, and I sent him a message. And I go, I want you to know that I loved this article. <laughs> That's amazing. And that no one else is talking about this album. And it's, it's weird to me, too, that the sound is very... I don't like you said in the last episode digestible is not a word you want to use for art but it's something that I can listen to and be like oh I see what he's referencing in his sound and like his older stuff which is a little bit more out there and so it seems like this would have a better reception by the public and it's just it's strange that it doesn't I I totally agree I think it's it's easier to listen to than some of his like more melancholic Mm -hmm. you know depressing stuff which Mm -hmm. I love but it's different yeah you know if you're just tuning in, we're chatting about Back to Oz by Stefan Stevens and Angelo De Augustine. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, and this is I've Got Ox. Interesting. And can we talk about the lyrics a little bit more? I'm very yes, curious. Yes, of course we can. So there's, in the core, I don't, I've never read or watched the movie, The uh, Wizard of Oz. I'm really? No, please what? roast me <laughs> on Weren't <that>. you homeschooled? <laughs> <laughs> no. Wait, actually? No, I've never that's seen weird. it. You, you know just, the storyline, right? That's the, that's my question. I don't know if this lines up okay. with the storyline, but is Oz in the end of the movie is kind of a letdown, right? It's He's like, it's all a farce. Yeah, like he's this guy. Yes. So when he says, get get right, follow my heart, back 
back to Oz. Yeah. Is he saying basically going back to this thing that's never going to satisfy him? Like he's getting pulled back into this bad relationship back to basically a Trojan horse of a, a mm-hmm. good relationship for a bad, a bad like relationship. Is that what it's saying? I think that could definitely be one interpretation okay. of it. Um, I'm just trying to find the meaning of where yeah, Oz the fits Oz into the... Yeah, the Oz idea of it. I think also like maybe naivety and childhood is what oh, okay. Oz could stand for. And there's always... I, I What comes to mind is Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut, which possesses this idea of always wanting to go back somewhere, to go back home, mm. even if home wasn't that good. Yeah. yeah. And so... Especially as a childhood memory. Exactly. It's always... Or just the naivety of like not being as touched and affected and broken by the world. Mm -hmm. There's that strong desire to go back to Oz to be back under the impression that everything is beautiful and okay. Do we know like exactly like obviously it was inspired like he watched these movies, but do we know like the story behind it? Specific like like, things he's citing. Not this specific song. Like I said, there's not a ton of coverage. I mean, aside from genius lyrics and things like that. And this is also a song that resonated a lot with me personally. So maybe I didn't read certain things because I was like, no, this is what it means to me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Personal interpretation. Yes. Um, But I I do think that a lot of it. I mean, the chorus is talking about. do you mind that I'm falling apart is sort of the line that he continues to re- to repeat throughout the song. And I just, I, th- I think it's such an interesting song because I think it adds the layer of, you know, relationships and things still affecting you later on in life, yeah. even though you might've passed beyond that point. Like sometimes things can still affect you. That's interesting. in the, the line that says I can deal with falling. It's like, yeah, I can, I'm, I'm just going to settle for this horrible relationship that I'm in. And it, this is kind of weird, but it reminds me of that meme format where it's the dog <laughs> sitting in a burning house at the table. Oh, and yeah. He's like, this is fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I, I know that this is a bad place for me to be. I'm, it's abusive. It's bad. It's right. whatever it's wrong with it, but it's, it's okay. It's, it's my, in my head, it's Oz. It's this wonderful thing that I've created. Yeah. And it, he talks about, I want to keep us safe from harm and our love. And then the next verse is though it wasn't there. So Yikes. get back, get back to nowhere. He's, he can't um, go back to a love that doesn't and exist. Oz is actually just like, a, isn't she just asleep right in the book? I might be making that up. Maybe that's Alice in Wonderland where Oz is just made up in her head. No, no that's okay. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. For sure. Forget I said that. <laughs> but <laughs> fact checkers are here to fact checkers, I'm like, that's an Alice in Wonderland expert but it's still a fairy tale <laughs> yeah it's still a fairy tale it's, it's still all tied together exactly you're right you saved that nice backpedal <laughs> <laughs> so another lyric that i really liked um is that at the beginning of the song in the first verse he says you love me but you don't know me and then later on the lyric changes to you want me but you can't own me and I think that is a very interesting kind of mirror of the same lyric. The love, but you don't know. And then you want me, but you can't own me. So that idea of maybe like possession in a relationship. And you can never really know and own the people that you really, really love, even if you perceive them as like soulmates or your mm-hmm. other half. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very interesting and mature way to look at a relationship. So is that him saying, like him putting up that boundary of being... Like, you're not allowed to love me? Or is he saying you're just not able to? I think it's almost like amusing on no matter how deep, good or bad a relationship can be, you can't ever know okay. every facet and so, own that person. So it's not necessarily him wanting it to be that way. He's just saying that's no, natural. It's I think that's, even though a lot of the tone is the song of the song is that he does know that he's broken. 
Which that's an interesting take. I want to hear your guys' thoughts about the idea of, you know, there's that phrase of you can't love someone else until you love yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't really yeah. buy that. Me yeah, me neither. Really? Okay. Sometimes you need to love someone else to learn how to love yourself. And mic drop. Literally. Yeah. Period. It's just, I think it's just kind of with the whole self-help yeah. uh, softest, softness of our generation. It's just yeah. like, you got to take care of yourself. But like... Sometimes that means yeah. learning and, to love something outside of yourself. And sometimes someone's love language is service to other people. Like right. Take, like mothers, it's literally like their like breath is to take care of their children. And right. that gives them like joy and gives them happiness. So, yeah, I think it's just a very self-centered view that that kind of I is mean, a part of our society. I get what they're trying to say yeah. by that. but And for some people, obviously that's true. But it's such a general thing to say. I and know. I, yeah. I, I think it's just... Like you said, I don't buy it. I think it's an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. And in this song where it's, he's talking about all these things and do you mind if I'm falling apart? If you take that in the context of a relationship, I find that really interesting because you don't want to be the toxic one, but you're also allowed to need and want people. Yeah. Exactly. We're in a very like girl boss, don't need anyone generation. And that's okay in small doses, but you are still allowed to want a partner and to lean on somebody and ask for help and want that that intimacy of being able to like help somebody yeah, or be helped. Exactly. And once you make that statement in your head that I can just do everything by myself, it's bad to have someone to lean on, then you you just become isolated. Like it's, I totally agree that that whole movement, it's at the point where it's doing more harm than good to like society and like our relationships as a whole to think that like, oh, I'm weak because I need to ask somebody for help. Right. Or it's like a scapegoat too. Like, yeah. For those just tuning in, this is uh, I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. We're talking about, what's his name, Allie? Siobhan Stevens. Su- what she said. <laughs> the, the song is Back to Oz. We'll be back with you next week. Hope you enjoyed listening to this song. Hope you are running to go listen to this record yeah. right now. I'm excited been, because I wasn't allowed this to isn't listen a to it as if the one, one those, listener. If so. you're the one of the people who tuned in just at five minutes and missed the end of the song or the whole song, go back and listen to it go so you know what we were talking about. Put that, don't listen to it on shuffle, listen to it in the order of the album. Yes. Turn the lights off, have Ooh. a good time. And go on Spotify and re-listen to this episode <laughs> of I've Got Us. Exactly. And all the episodes. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.